The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. better get healthy and help animals welcome to main street vegan with your host victoria moran this is victoria moran your host for the main street vegan program we had a technical difficulty with the first half of the show so you'll only be hearing part two a 30 minute podcast this week with dr milton mills on immunity i hope it helps you a lot and that you enjoy As you are aware, our program is presented by Unity Online Radio, which is located at Unity Village, which is this beautiful campus of eclectic spirituality founded by vegetarians back in the late 1890s. And it is then very fitting that the first ever Vegan Spirituality Forum and Retreat will take place at Unity Village, Missouri, September 10 through 13 of 2020. So if you're someone who identifies as religious or spiritual, any tradition, please check out this event at thespiritualforum.org. They are co-sponsoring the event with In Defense of Animals, and there will be all sorts of wonderful speakers attending. I'll be there, and so will our wonderful guest coming up, Dr. Milton Mills. Thank goodness, Dr. Mills, in the midst of everything that is going on in the world of health and the world of ill health (laughs) these days, you were able to... uh, come up with this bit of time for us. For those of you who do not know Dr. Milton Mills, and oh, I, I, I do hope you will, he is one of the cream of the crop, plant-based, of course, of um, our, our plant-based physicians. He is a critical care physician based in the Washington, D.C. area. He has written papers that have been presented to the U.S. government to change policy there. He has been in all kinds of documentaries And I just think he's one of the smartest guys I know. And I'm so grateful that he is here right now to talk with us about this epidemic that's happening with the coronavirus. And I know if you're listening in 2027, you'll be saying, what, huh? What was that? But right now, it's something that people are really concerned about. And we want to get ourselves some real immune power. Help us, Dr. Mills. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it, it's it's a little difficult to know exactly what to say about uh, Corona, um, other than the basics, and you know that is, um, uh, you know, tr- uh, doing good hygiene um, uh, efforts with hand washing um, when you're out in public and, uh, you know, subject to uh, um, coming in contact with foreign surfaces and and people you don't know, that you try to avoid uh, uh, touching yourself on the face because it's very easy to um, inoculate yourself with um, um, virus particles uh, um, through the mucous membranes of the eyes, nose, or, or mouth. Um, and that, uh, I, you know, once you get home, it's probably a good idea to um, kind of, wa- you know, wash your face and hands just to uh, make sure that you decrease whatever um, uh, antigens you may have come in contact uh, with from the outside. Now, in terms of specific uh, maneuvers to uh, strengthen one's immune system, um, there again, with specific uh, reference to uh, the uh, corona or, or COVID-19 virus, there's still so much that we don't know. However, I uh, have read a couple things which are uh, worth knowing, one of which was that uh, autopsies done on some of the uh, first victims uh, over in China showed that um, those individuals had um, below normal levels of selenium in their bloodstream. And that's uh, uh, important to know because selenium is um, a mineral that's very important for normal immune function. And so, um, you know, it's worth doing what we can to keep ourselves, um, uh, um, you know, selenium replete and, and within the normal range. And uh, I'm sure many of your listeners are probably going selenium. What the heck is that? I've never heard of it. Or, and, you know, how in the heck do I um, get myself uh, um, replete with selenium? Well, it, it turns out it's actually a pretty easy because the um, highest source of selenium in the diet are Brazil nuts. And um, all Brazil nuts are uh, wild, organic, and harvested directly from the Amazon rainforest. So, and it takes about uh, uh, three Brazil nuts to, to reach your um, daily needs. That's, that's all, just three Brazil nuts. You don't have to eat a ton of them or a handful, uh, and that's, that's enough to get you uh, where you need to be. So, uh, uh, and Brazil nuts are delicious. So They would, are, and when we did yeah. our pre-interview, and you told me this, ever since then, I've been having Brazil nuts, I probably have more like five, uh, <laughs> for dessert. <laughs> you know that, that phrase, from soup to nuts? You know, nobody does uh-huh. that. And yet, it's very much dessert-like. It's not sweet, but it's rich. 
So right. yeah, I am definitely doing that thanks to you. And now all of our listeners can have that information too. And and also our sponsor, we didn't talk about them today, but Complement Plus does contain uh, selenium as well. And you can get it supplementally, except that Brazil nuts are, are more fun. So right. Dr. Mills, just in general, give us a kind of layperson's understanding of the immune system and how it works. Is having a good immune system something that could keep us from getting some sort of infectious disease that's going around? Or if we got it, would it help us get a milder case? Just how does it work? Well, uh, yes, I mean, absolutely. Uh, You can think of your immune system as the uh, police force or the uh, army um, for your body. And the world is filled with all kinds of uh, pathogens, bacteria, viruses, fun- uh, fungal elements that um, would actually love to uh, get inside our bodies and uh, set up shop because um, a living uh, body is a, an excellent um, source of nutrients, of um, uh, energy, and so forth. So at any given point, there are a million different organisms that are looking to invade our systems and take over. And so it's the job of the immune system to continually uh, circulate throughout our uh, bodies and uh, find things that um, shouldn't be there and get rid of them. And so uh, it's, it's, there are, just like um, uh, our armed forces have uh, several different branches, our immune system also has um, several uh, different um, um, branches, for lack of a better expression, and layers. And um, there are what are called uh, your basic white blood cells, which are uh, leukocytes that uh, circulate in the blood and also get into your skin. And let's say if you uh, cut yourself um, uh, on something and some dirt or bacteria got into that cut, um, immediately you would notice that the area would get kind of red and swollen. And that is actually the body's way of recruiting these white blood cells to come to the site and um, fight off any bacteria that are trying to invade and prevent them from actually getting into your bloodstream and, and, and causing an infection. Um, things like viruses um, are a little more problematic because um, viruses actually have to get inside a cell um, and take over the machinery of the cell to make copies of themselves. And so uh, it's up to a different um, part of our immune system to recognize when a cell has been infected with a virus, and those are the called lymphocytes. And the lymphocytes come along, and they will uh, notice that, a uh, again, a cell has been taken over by a virus, and then the lymphocytes are like generals. They start sending out signals to recruit um, different uh, uh, members of the immune system to come and fight off this particular infection. And when we are coming in contact with, a, say, a virus that 
we have never seen before. Uh, there, there's a couple ways that our that our body can can deal with it. Um, there, are, there's a class of cell called natural killer cells, and these are cells that kind of recognize when um, uh, one of the body cells has been invaded by bacteria, and they will sort of immediately take that cell and destroy it so that it can't crank out. Uh, um, a bunch of copies of this of the of the uh, of the virus, but that's not all they do. Then there are other cells that come along and take pieces of that those viral particles and present them to um, the lymphocyte generals and say, "Hey, we need to make sure that if we're exposed to this again, that we can." get rid of it really soon, and what the lymphocytes then do is that they start looking through what are called B cells, which are cells that make antibodies, and they find a B cell that will make an antibody that will uh, wrap uh, wrap around and attach to this particular virus particle and destroy it, and once they find that B cell, they then instruct it to make gazillions of copies of itself to crank out a, a bunch of antibody, and then they clear all of the virus from uh, the bloodstream, and then they tell it to ramp down. And so most of those uh, B cells will die off, except for a few that will live with you for the rest of your life, and they always keep a certain amount of the antibody in your bloodstream so that if if and when you ever come in contact with that particular virus particle again, it, it's immediately destroyed and you never get the illness again because it never has a, a chance to set up the infection. And so, so depending, I was going to say, depending on how sort of robust and, you know, quick off the dime these cells respond, that can govern how sick you may or may not become uh, when exposed to a new virus. Now, people who have um, a lot of uh, uh, chronic health problems, um, it, it, it's, it's, you can think of it again like a country that's fighting three or four wars on a bunch of different fronts. So much of that country's sort of effort, energy, and attention is being spread um, so thinly that it makes it easier for a new enemy to sort of invade and and get a foothold. And it's a very similar kind of uh, um, uh, dynamic with uh, infections that if our body is, is energy is being drained off to fight or to deal with multiple health problems, it weakens the immune system and makes it easier for a particular kind of infection to actually become more serious as opposed to being beaten down before it gets established as a major foothold, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes so much sense. And that analogy about the country fighting several wars, that that's perfect. That really explains it to me and I'm sure to our listeners too. So, so has anybody ever looked at the whole foods plant-based diet or, or perhaps it's seventh day Adventists, many of whom are plant-based in relation to immunity. Do we hold up any better than the general population? 
Absolutely. Um, so, for instance, the, the natural killer cells that, that I mentioned, natural killer cells are really important for preventing viral-type illnesses from gaining uh, um, uh, a, a serious foothold or from getting out of hand. But they're also really important for recognizing um, early transformations of cells into precancerous cells and killing off those cells. And it turns out that people who are plant-based have much more robust function in their natural killer cells. And as a result, they tend to not, well, that's one of the reasons they, are, they have a lower risk for cancer and for uh, other types of infection because their immune systems are just so primed and revved up that they um, really, you know, prevent these organisms from from gaining a foothold. And again, that's assuming we're you're, you're talking about someone who's eating uh, a good, healthy, balanced plant-based diet, and who's also, you know, getting rest and 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 uh, and not driving themselves crazy because. You can be plant-based but not eat healthy. I mean, uh, somebody can live off of potato chips and soy delicious ice cream and be vegan, but that's not a healthy vegan diet. Um, or you can be eating relatively healthy foods, but, you know, um, driving yourself, working with so many different groups and trying to do so many different things that you're not getting enough sleep, you're not exercising, you're sort of overtaxing yourself to the point that you strain your system and wear yourself out that way. Um, or, or, you know, it could be someone who has a, a drug problem um, and, and they sap their strength that way. So, I mean, there are things that, that you know, despite the fact that one is uh, plant-based, that could potentially undo some of those advantages. But in general, there is no question that the research has shown that people who are plant-based do have more effective and uh, more robust immune systems and tend to get fewer infections. Um, and even if they do, the infections tend to be uh, less severe and uh, last for um, um, a, a shorter period of time uh, than people who are not plant-based. Wow, that that is great. And that's another selling point, especially right now, uh, for, for, for people going vegan. So um, what else, Milton? I mean, I've read that meditation can help, that, that um, being able to, to go within, having a prayer practice, something like that, all these stress management, relaxation response techniques can boost immunity. True? That is absolutely true, because stress um, causes the release of stress hormones, which, again, dampen down the immune system. And that, to a lot of people, might seem counterintuitive, but actually it, 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 it makes sense because our bodies were designed to deal with um, sort of uh, um, quick or... or uh, um, relatively limited episodes of stress. So the idea is, you know, we say, you know, several thousand years ago, you're out with your friends and uh, you guys are out rolling around picking berries 
and oh my goodness, you stumble upon um, a bear who's out there uh, foraging for berries too. And um, the bear says, well, hey, um, uh, you know, you look I really am an omnivore. Right. And, you know, you might get into a, a, a little tussle and, and uh, uh, you, you know, you, you wrestle around with the bear a little bit, but you're able to get away from the bear and, and you make it back to camp um, and you're okay. But during that episode, when you are sort of dealing with that stressor, your body floods itself with these stress hormones that make you uh, stronger, make you better able to fend off an enemy. But the other thing it does is it makes you less sensitive to pain because clearly um, if you're fighting for your life, you don't want to, every time the bear hits you, you don't want to go, ow, ow, I can't move. (laughs) You know, you need to be able to sort of absorb that punishment and not feel it for the time being until you get to a safe place. Um, And, and likewise, um, you don't want your body's inflammatory system to kick in full force at that point because, again, the when, when um, the body's trying to heal itself, it makes you sore. It makes you not want to move because it's forcing you to conserve energy, to uh, not move the damaged body parts so that it can direct all of its uh, efforts towards healing whatever wound is there. But, again, that is not something that you want to happen at the instant time you're trying to fight for your life, if you understand what I'm saying. So, you know, you do want those stress hormones to decrease your ability to, to feel pain, to decrease your, uh, to, your ability to necessarily respond to infection at that point until you get to a safer place. The problem comes if the stress is chronic and unrelenting because then that means that you are constantly suppressing your immune system and you're constantly limiting your body's ability to respond effectively uh, to an infection. And over time, that can make you more susceptible to more serious infections. Mm, Fascinating. So I recall reading in uh, Dr. Greger's book, How Not to Die, that at least some study, maybe several, had shown that people who prophylactically gargle with salt water get fewer respiratory infections. So I've added that to my routine. So can you tell us, I know in the diet, we're trying to not consume a lot of salt, and yet there seems to be something good about gargling it. How does that help? Well, salt, salt, you know, years ago was used to, as a preservative. And the way salt works as a preservative is um, salt, uh, pulls water out of um, anything it comes in contact with. And, uh, as it, you know, a lot of people have used this, like if they spill something on the carpet, they'll pour salt on it to pull the fluid out of the carpet and then vacuum the salt up. Or, um, and, and what uh, gargling with salt can do is the salt can essentially desiccate or kill the bacteria in the throat by um, um, drying them out, in a sense, making the environment inhospitable for them. Um, And and so, yeah, salt can be effective, but um, I I personally, I find it 
really hard to tolerate. What I find to be uh, as efficacious or even slightly more so is to um, use half-strength hydrogen peroxide because hydrogen peroxide is very toxic to the kind of pathogenic bacteria that can cause sore throats and throat infections. And if you put maybe about an inch in a glass of water, an equal, I mean, in a glass and an equal amount of water, so you're diluting it to half strength and you gargle with that, say, two or three times until the uh, amount of liquid is gone, and you repeat that process, that will really help uh, clear up a sore throat and reduce the likelihood uh, of getting infections. Wonderful. Now, let's talk about hydration, because you talked about salt drying water out, but I've also read that being sufficiently hydrated is a really great idea when you're trying to not get a virus or fight one off. Oh, certainly. Um, Because, well, I mean, we're 70% water, and our body functions best when it's well hydrated. And, you know, this is a question that I I, um, constantly get from patients, because they're like, well, Doc, you know, how, how do I know if I'm drinking enough water? Or I'll, uh, what, what will happen frequently is a patient will come in and say, oh, you know, every morning I drink, you know, a couple liters of water, and then they go out and do whatever they do. And I'm like, well, you know, that is the equivalent of if you had a job in construction, you get up in the morning, you take a shower, and then you go out and you dig ditches for the rest of the day. Um, are you going to remain clean? No. Um, And likewise, um, since our bodies are constantly working and metabolizing energy and creating waste products, we have to constantly flush our systems to to make sure that we are remaining clean and hydrated inside. And um, again, to use a different analogy, if, if someone were going to take a bath and they ran a tub full of clean water and stepped in, took a bath, and when they stepped out, the water was a muddy brown, I think they'd say to themselves, you know what, I need to bathe more often. Well, likewise, when you urinate, if your urine comes out and it's a really dark, concentrated yellow, that tells you that you are dehydrated to an extent. You are dry inside. So the goal is to try and drink enough water throughout the day to keep your urine pale yellow to clear. And that will tell you, let you know that you are well hydrated. And the only time that that will change is if you take like a multivitamin, which because of the presence of the niacin will make your urine kind of a bright neon yellow. But aside from that, you want to just drink enough water every couple of hours to keep your urine pale yellow to clear. Well, this has been so, so helpful. I'm just so grateful <laughs> that we've all been able to uh, have the, the benefit of, of all of your knowledge and expertise. Dr. Milton Mills, follow him on Facebook. Dr. Milton Mills is such a remarkable human being as a physician and also as a human rights activist and a really great people person. <laughs> You're a great person. You're well, great people. You're good enough to well, count for two. <laughs> Thank you so much, Victoria. And I just want to quickly share that I saw an article today about these uh, um, plant-based uh, antioxidant quercetin. Yes. That it has shown um, uh, some activity against the coronavirus, and it has known antiviral properties. 
Fantastic. Um, Tell me more about that. We'll put it in the show notes. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Stay well, stay safe, stay happy, stay vegan. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you, right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.